The day is over, but the night has just begun. This is WTMJ Nights, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue. Here's your host, Brian Noonan. Good evening. Welcome. Glad you're with us. It is WTMJ Nights. Short show, but that doesn't mean we're not jamming eight hours of content into 90 minutes. That's just what we do. If you want to get involved in the program, we'd love to have you. 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. If you decide to call in, you'll be talking to Tommy. Be nice to him. That's how you get through. And if you want to just text, hey, why not text the answer, your answer, to the text question of the night. We start the show with one of these all the time. Our text question of the night, can the Bucks bounce back and make this a series? Of course, you know the Bucks down three games to one to the Heat game Time tonight, 8.30. All the coverage starts here on WTMJ at 7.30. we got a lot going on, but that is the text question of the night. Tommy, last week you were making bold predictions. You were feeling good. You weren't uh, nervous when Giannis was out. Uh, he went out in the first game, of course. We all remember that. Then he didn't play in the second game. Now it's the fifth game. Oh, my. Yeah, I think famous last words on WTMJ night was Jimmy Butler can't keep doing this. Um, and yet. He can. Yeah, he can. Jimmy Butler obviously can. He <laughs> he saves up all his energy through the season where he just plays okay. Honestly, <laughs> honestly played one of the best playoff games ever. The last game out there. It was insane. Fourth most points of all, all time, I think it was. Uh, he is... Currently, only him, Michael Jordan, and LeBron James have ever had a series where they or a, a playoff series where they averaged more than thirty-five, five and five on that's fifty percent shooting. To put someone in, yeah, and he's doing it on sixty-two percent shooting, I believe, too. So he's quite literally having the best postseason start maybe ever. All right, are the Bucks going to move Giannis out to the perimeter to guard him? Some, what are they going to do to stop him unless, you know, you said your best guy out there, former defensive player of the year, send him out. Let him start, you know, pressuring Jimmy Buckets. Yeah, I mean, obviously whatever they've been doing right now hasn't worked. It's so <laughs> they, they, they got to try something different out there. And it'll be interesting to see. Uh, there were some bold claims being made on our ESPN Milwaukee station, sister station, talking oh, about – uh, they they were they were pretty much guaranteeing this victory today for the Bucks and it all because <laughs> you know come... they're they're they've been listening to the people in New York talk about Joe Namath and they're they're trying to translate that first Super Bowl boast that Joe Namath made to uh, to the Bucks. I believe claims were to say it all comes down to Game Six and we haven't even gotten through Game Five yet. So yeah, I'm I'm I think very it all comes nervous. down to Game Five. Yeah, very nervous as to what happens within Game Five today because. There hasn't been a whole lot that makes you feel good, I would say. If it, 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 it was pretty remarkable that they found a way to lose the last game, I thought. It has been very disheartening these uh, <laughs> this last week. Rough watch. And Yes. And, uh, listen, I don't mean to disparage our sister station, my brothers in sound. Uh, we all know that sports guys love the hot take. That's their stock in trade. I think they, I, I think hopefully you misquoted them and they did say it all comes down to game five because uh, without game five, there's no game six. Correct. Yeah. I'm, so, uh, I'm, I'm not, I don't, again, I'm not trying to correct their math. I'm just, uh, 
you know, take a, yeah, I'll tell you what, what time. All right, slow your roll. B- big fan of the term brothers in sound. I like that one. I'm going to keep that that's, one for later. You keep uh, that around. Yeah, we're all, listen, we're all brothers and sisters yeah, in sound. I like I mean, that. I don't want to disparage anybody. I'm at a full uh, oh, nine. Somebody from the 262 <laughs> trying to disparage Jimmy Buckets. Uh, Jimmy Butthead, uh, you call him all the names you want on the text line, friends. On the hardwood, he's proving everyone wrong. I, I'm at a full nine of nervous tonight. I, I think anything under nine is not reasonable. I, I want to say I'm not a 10 because I think the Bucks are the best team in the NBA. They haven't played like it by any means, but I'm, I'm all well, the way they, on the opposite end. Going into the playoffs, there was no doubt about it. Um, but Giannis looked a little, you know, like last game he looked a little out of sorts at times, just because of the ankle and every or the the back and everything else. So, you know, I think nine is I think nine is good because ten would mean that you were on the floor in a fetal position and couldn't work tonight. So nine is right there, just south of a psychotic break but still very, very hyper-alert about what's going to be happening. That's kind of how I feel, yes. Yeah. Um, all right, you want some, hey, man, you want some stats? Out of, uh, all right, I'll give you some hot take stats. 13 teams have come back from a 3-1 deficit to uh, win the series, mm-hmm. so that's good. Yep. Denver was the last team to do so, but that was in the bubble series, you know, during COVID when nobody was in the stands. Uh, did it the twice? Last team to, huh? They did it twice, that series. They did, that, they did it playoffs. twice. Uh, last team to do it in a conventional series were the Cavaliers in 2016, and that was in the finals. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many number eight seeds have beaten number one? This is starting to feel like March Madness, where in March Madness we love a good Cinderella story. Not in the NBA. I want the uh, I want I, I want the best teams to win in the NBA. Um, all right, somebody defending our brothers in sound which is fine. The assumption when making a comment, it all comes down to game six is that the Bucks will win both home games. So they assume that they will win game five tonight and they will have to win game six in Atlanta. Yes, you may be giving, you may be giving some people a little more credit. Uh, maybe not, but that's sure. How, how can you assume anything after you these last four games? You have to take it a game. Yeah. And, and boy, if I could throw out one of the biggest sports cliches ever, Tommy, you got to play them one game at a time. That's why we play right. the game. Yes. It's... So without a game five, there's no game six. So, yeah, there's no assumptions. Right where I'm at. No assumptions. Uh, the last top seed to be upset in the first round was the Bulls in 2012. They fell to the Sixers in six games. So let's hope let's hope the Bucks do not uh, join that crowd. Do you, do you have the Bucks numbers in 3-1 series? No, how do you have the Bucks numbers in the series? The Bucks are 0 and 40 when being down three to one in a series. They have never won the series. Oh, yes. All right. So that is another number that jumps out to me. Hmm. Two six two says the Bucks will win tonight, but I fear this time it'll be Heat and six when they return to Miami. Uh, games at Fiserv for this season will end tonight. Oh, oof. So good prediction for tonight. But long term, not so good. Yeah, I don't know. I I'm up there with you. It's got it's got to be eight nine in panic mode. And it, whatever adjustments need to be made to stop uh, Butler, those well, maybe they make them in Game Six, Tommy. That's all I'm saying. All right, tonight we don't worry about it. We, we, I, business as usual. Sure, everything's working just fine. Must be. So, all right. Listen, there was another big sports story today. Um, 
It's finally over. Rogers' watch is finished. He is now officially a Jet. And you go, well, Brian, he, it was official the other day. Yes, but now he had he made comments. One of the comments could have been the stupidest comment I've ever heard. Uh, we'll get your reaction to that. What do you think of uh, what's going on the, uh, with Aaron Rodgers? But the text question of the night, can the Bucks bounce back and make this a series? 855-616-1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. That's how you get a hold of us here at WTMJ Night. I'm thinking it's time for a change. Get out of the rain. Yeah, it is time for a change. Jordan Love, now the man. Aaron Rodgers, the trade. We knew the trade was happening. Was it ever going to be final? It was final the other day. And now, oh my goodness, Aaron Rodgers is a New York Jet. And had a little press conference today. But not only the press conference, where he gave... I found this this excuse hard to stomach. Um, Aaron Rodgers said that basically... The reason the talks fell apart was that he didn't hear from the Packers that he is uh, he has a beautiful home, but he doesn't get uh, text. This is the quote. People who know me, I'm fortunate to live in a beautiful house. We're a little flex. We all kind of assumed Aaron Rodgers would live Ooh, in a nice yeah. house. But that's all right, Tommy. You didn't think he was in a one-bedroom uh, apartment or an efficiency somewhere. No, no. Green Bay... Probably a little bit outside of Green Bay, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And if it is placed in LA, I'm guessing it's not, you know, a studio apartment in the valley. Somewhere nice on the beach. Yeah. He said, the only downside is I have very limited cell service. So if you want to get a hold of me, I need to see your face. You need to FaceTime me. So the only response to the communication thing is there's records on your phone about who called you when, FaceTime. There wasn't any specific FaceTimes from those numbers that I was looking at. Well, According to the Packers, they said they tried many times to reach him. Uh, listen, let's be honest. If you're Aaron Rodgers in the middle of contract negotiations, there's people can get a hold of you. Your agents, you're all that. That that just sounds like that sounds fishy to me. I'm also you not know? sure he understands how FaceTime works, where you definitely need self service if you want to FaceTime someone. Do you need cell service for FaceTime or just internet? I would I would think if you didn't have any bars, you wouldn't be able to FaceTime someone. Right. You could use, like, WhatsApp if you just have internet. Right. Yeah. You would need I, bars I, of something, I think. You need some... Well, listen, you need, you need bars. Just leave it at that. We'll just leave that sentence right there and go back to the Aaron Rodgers stuff. It was, it was just... I was like, that, that's like a little kid uh, excuse. Well, I just didn't hear you. You know, when your parents are screaming for you to come downstairs or, or do something, I, I just didn't hear you. I didn't hear, How did you not hear me? How did you're telling me that Aaron Rodgers' representatives don't have a way to quickly get a hold of him at all times? That he is, how did he make his appointments for his darkness retreat? Just on the internet? Maybe. I don't know. But I, somehow I think he's, somehow I think he's able to get a call. And I know it's 2023. But if you're Aaron Rodgers and you have this beautiful home and your cell service is bad, you're telling me you don't put in a landline? Hmm. Seems fishy. Fishy. From the 262, you can do FaceTime and do calls and text via Wi-Fi if you set your phone accordingly. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Today yeah. years old. We are not, uh, we're not Luddites, but we're also not tech gurus. You know, I, I'm pretty good with technology, but... 
I don't know. I just, I, fa I guess I only have FaceTime from my house where I have both internet and cell service. So <laughs> I don't know. And then when we were uh, overseas, we used WhatsApp. So yeah, that's common out there. Yeah, you got oh, you got to love the uh, the WhatsApp overseas. So he broke down, but then and a lot of people heard the comments he made, and maybe you read the big statement that he issued on Instagram, saying you know he a very gracious statement as he as he was leaving, you know, to the fans. Uh, Green Bay will always have my heart. It's the kind of statement that any athlete who's been in a market for a long, long time um, will make. Thanked certain people. He uh, showed the gratitude for the fans, all his teammates. He referenced uh, Mike uh, Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy, uh, Matt Lafleur. So that is it. He uh, talked about current and former front office people. So it was very, it was it was finely crafted from a nice PR firm to uh, to leave the best taste in people's mouths of Aaron Rodgers when he left. Um, good point from the 262. Seems like uh, he had no trouble being contacted by the Jets. So that's, that's weird. They were using but WhatsApp with him. <laughs> it's like, listen, I'll go down to the 7-Eleven and use the payphone. Pat Packers didn't have WhatsApp downloaded. Jets do. That's See, maybe they need to get with the times. That's that's the problem. The Packers are not with all the apps. Um Rich says, let's cut to the chase. It's, it's sour grapes. The Packers gave up on him, and he wasn't wanted. Well, you, you could be right, Rich. I think uh, if you go by fan reaction and the way it's the way it's been going, yeah, the Packers probably did kind of, you know, let him go. After the big official press conference, he went on the Michael K show, which is a New York show, and um, Aaron had some more things to say. People were people were asking him if he has a chip on his shoulder now that he's you know against the Packers and he doesn't seem really mad at the Packers. That's not why the chip's on the shoulder. I don't. I truly, truly, and and, and I hope you hear my heart here. I have no bitterness or resentment or victim mentality about anything that happened in Green Bay. I don't think you should have victim mentality. You were treated pretty well, and. This this time comes for most athletes when you're traded. Uh, there was a lot of talk about slaying the dragon, which is you know, one of those terms. I don't know if it came from one of his ayahuasca journeys or if it's widespread in sports, the slay the dragon mentality. And um, Aaron wants to slay the dragon. To go out there and slay the dragon, Aaron, like how important is that as opposed to maybe other places that have won recently? Well, I mean... I don't know about slaying the dragon. Maybe it's becoming the dragon. Maybe it's becoming, becoming the big bad, uh, the big bad monster of the uh, of the NFL and changing the expectations and, and changing the perspective. I think that's that's important. We got to learn how to win as a team and win consistently. We got to set uh, realistic and large expectations. Yeah, you do. You got to set those expectations. I I like that he's going to become the dragon, and immediately I think of Bruce Lee. I don't think that's what he meant. In fact, I'm sure that's not what he meant. But you know, uh, finally, he was asked about his new head coach, and according to Tommy and some other people, this uh, may have been a veiled threat, or, or not a threat, a veiled 
some shade thrown at Matt LaFleur? You be the judge. What is it about Sala you love so much? Well, he's an alpha. You know, he, he, he's, he has a commanding presence. Um, I enjoy the way he speaks. Um, I enjoy the way uh, that he handles press conferences. This is kind of my own thing I've seen from him. I haven't spent a ton of time. I haven't seen him, you know, lead in front of a room yet or uh, not much on the practice field. I've seen him, you know, when we did the inner squad practices in, in Green Bay. I saw kind of how he was, but I just like the way he talks. I like the way the presence that he has. He has a charisma about him, which is palpable. Um, I think there's a lot to be said for that, but um, he listens as well. It almost sounds like he's got a little crush on him, doesn't it, Tommy? The, he listens as well at the end, really. Is what, that That's the part that got me. I was like, oh, I'm going to end okay. it right there. Yeah. He did go on All a right. little bit, but there was a little bit of an emphasis on that part, I thought. That he listens. Nobody listened to me at Green Bay anymore. Boo! Uh, have we considered that the only way Rodgers communicates is through TikTok and the Packers have it banned on company phones and the Jets do not? Perhaps? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he was they banned some... TikTok in New York before they did Green Bay. Yeah, it could be something like that. It's time for Jordan Love, so let's celebrate the new era in Green Bay. Now, if only we could get some fresh young candidates for president. Oh, very good points on both of those. All right, we got to take a quick break. Then there's more. It's WTMJ Nights. Go to sleep tonight when I can stay up thinking about you. And you know I always do. Brian Noonan, 6- 20 WTMJ, WTMJ Nights. We're here till 7.30. Then it's Bucks shoot-around in advance of Bucks versus Heat. The all-important game five tonight. If you're looking for something interesting to do this weekend, this is something I didn't even know existed. That's how interesting it is to me. Uh, pro, The international pro drone racing over ice. Coming back for the second year to Pettit National Ice Center this weekend, the 29th and 30th, more than 70 drone pilots will be racing at speeds up to 120 miles per hour. If all of that sounds like words that you don't quite understand, join the club. Thankfully, I am joined by Monica Van Aken. and she's from the Milwaukee Montessori School. They are one of the groups that is putting this on. They are also the uh, the they started the program Wisconsin Drone Racing. Monica, thanks for joining me. Uh, as you can imagine, I have many many questions. <laughs> well, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. It is my pleasure. Okay, first of all. How does Milwaukee Montessori School get involved with international pro drone racing? <laughs> I know. I know. It's funny. But um, what we started years ago, we were in an international student drone competition. And it was schools from all over the world. And the competition was pretty small. And we won it. And then we decided that we wanted to have our own competition and we wanted it bigger but we also wanted to invite and have people who were absolutely expert at this to show up so if you watch student drone racing first of all it's incredibly difficult so the drones bounce around they'll fly a little bit but if you watch a professional drone racer like we in, at this event we have um some of the absolute fastest drone racers on the planet that are coming. They're flying in from South Korea and South America and Europe and, of course, all over the U.S. Their drones go from zero to 120 miles per hour in one second. And well, so oh, one, really one second? Yeah. Like, it all lifts right. and boom, it's gone. It's unbelievable. 
It's just incredible. So, yeah, it's great to have student events, and we will have an hour and a half on Saturday where students are racing, and we're really gathering student drone teams together. It's kind of a newer robotics component in schools, but really this event, if you are a drone enthusiast or even if you're not, to see the people who are coming to this event, you'd normally have to fly to Miami or California or go to the DRL shows in New York City. But these people are coming to Milwaukee and now, in a forum that's nice and tight so you can see the drones close up. Is there a difference? Because I know it's the event's called 2023 Ice Storm. Is there a difference for these racers that they are racing over ice? Is that a big deal rather than, I don't know, in, in just a regular arena with wood floors or something like that? Well, most, only 5% of all drone races are actually held inside. Okay. So the fact that it's an indoor drone race is a pretty big deal. You might see DRL, the Drone Racing League, they have, they rent really huge arenas. They'll have races, um, but it's really unusual to have them inside. Most of the time they're on big eight acre fields. And because they're way out in the open, you can't really see the drones and you can't get that close to them anyway because it's pretty dangerous. You, you never want to get hit with one. And, <laughs> no. But in this case, um, it's inside the Pettit Center and the course, which was designed by one of the famous, famous course designer from Holland, um, is inside these two ice rinks and they're connected by a tunnel. So if they go really fast, you can watch them up close. You're protected when you watch them up close. You can see the pilots flying them up close. So it's an opportunity that for most drone enthusiasts, you, you just don't really have access to it. You can't, you can't see people all together in one hub working, repairing their drones, uh, flying their drones, and you can't stand that close ever to see drones flying. Um, but in this case, people are really well protected inside the Pettit's in the Pettit ice rinks with the, you know, the Lexan around it. And then of course the netting all the way up to the ceiling. So it's a huge opportunity. And I think that um, also we have amazing racers coming. And as I said, people travel. You were mentioning that and you've got 70 so far that are registered and that might be more by now. Uh, Monica Van Aken's my guest. She's with Milwaukee Montessori school. The big uh, 2023 ice storm drone racing competition is this weekend at the Pettit center. You can go to wisconsindroneracing.com to get tickets. Uh, this seems, uh, like a young man's game. Is this, uh, oh, somebody wanted to know if it's going to be streamed or recorded for later distribution, Monica. It's probably not recorded, but it is streamed. And I would say this is a great family event. So um, the tickets are $10. Children five and under are free. And it's Saturday and Sunday. On Saturday, we have other activities. We have something called a drone zone. And you can actually uh, try something called Velocidrone and put on the goggles and try to fly a drone virtually. You'll see how difficult it is. And um, the Air Force is coming. They've got some swag to give away. We have a few robotics tables. And then we have people that are going to be just doing some drone tricks on the hour. And um, so I think it's a great family event. You can pop in and then leave. Sunday are the big, big final races. Probably the biggest one is at 2.30. 
But it is a really nice way to spend um, a couple of hours with your family at a reasonable price. I think people have to remember it is really cold in Pettit Center. So you have to dress warmly. Like, right. don't underestimate how cold it is. And um, But no, it's not a young man's game. I think... That no, not for young men to watch, but for young one. men to do. Everybody I see, all these uh, Ethan, FPV, and uh, all these other pilots, that uh, drone pilots that you have coming, Alien, and all these, they all look like, I don't know, teens to early 20s. Is this is this something that, well, no, they're Hattrick. Hattrick looks like an older guy. But are, are these people who grew up with video games, is there something that they all kind of have in common that brought them to this and to this level? Well, I think some of the newer races, one of the things that they, that the newer racers have in common is like they aren't gainfully employed, right? Like they're, they're 17, they're 18 years old. Right. They, that's why they're trying for this 25 grand that, you, that is up for grabs on, uh, at the, the event. Right. Exactly. So some of the, some of the younger racers coming up, they've been practicing for years. And, um, and I think with, a lot of sports that are heavy in technology, it, it sometimes can take a little while for girls to step in the ring. I know our teams are po- heavily populated with, with girls. Nice. So it's a pretty new sport. It's the fastest growing sport in the world right now. Well, and I was very interested for it because I didn't realize that the, the drone pilots were wearing goggles, seeing what was being broadcast from the camera in their drone. I thought they were just—it was just kind of a visual thing. So that makes it even more, I would think, exciting to watch because, as you said, they're going that fast. And I watched a couple of videos after I knew you were coming on, and it is—it's. Fr- I don't have the hand-eye coordination. I, I was watching the videos and getting dizzy. So in person, I can only imagine how fun this is going to be. How did how did the first one? Because I mentioned that this is the second international pro drone racing over ice coming back to the Pettit Center this weekend. How'd the first one come about? Well, again, we started to plan it before COVID, okay. and then COVID kind of shut everything down. And the moment we felt like we had a moment, we spoke to Multi GP, which is the largest race producer in the world. And they helped us produce the race. So the first thing we wanted to do is produce a race for the pilot experience. It is a highly technical event. It is really no joke. I have never done an event with so many cables and wires. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, there's just wiring everywhere. All of these people who come from multi-GP, they're so intelligent. They can do, it's just incredible. So we decided let's give it a whirl and see if we can do it. It runs on radio frequency. So you were mentioning, yeah, we have 70 pilots, but we can't, you can't run a whole bunch of drones at the same time. So you, okay. you have to stay on a certain frequency, and that's why um, we have to limit the race to 70 pilots. Last year we filled up you know, reasonably fast. Like By the time the race was held, we had, I think, about 55 pilots. And then this year, the race filled up almost instantly. Like we were already packed and nice. full, and had a wait list two months before the race started. So it's a great pilot experience. And then once we realized we could do that part of the technical aspect here in Milwaukee at the Pettit Center, 
then we've decided, then we're like, now we'll be working on growing the event, organizing student teams, helping schools form student teams. It's not easy. It's highly technical. And, and then bringing in other people um, to help us promote aviation and, and aviation engineering and, and everything else that goes with that. Well, but it sounds like an incredible event. Cool. I know you did mention pilots were coming from all over the world. Um, Minchan Kim from South Korea is coming. Yes. He's recognized as the fastest drone pilot in the world. So he's, he's one of these guys who's going to be going, uh, his drone is going to be going about 120, right? Oh, yeah. He's amazing. And a lot of people will come just to see Minchin. And he was, there was a big article about him in the New York Times several months ago. Wow. He is a prodigy in, in a way. He, it, it, when you see him race, you, it's just unbelievable. And I think sometimes people think drones, they're like, oh, eh. it's like when you walk in and you see how fast they are, it just it, 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 it's just so explosive and unexpected. And I, I really want people to come because and and children love drones. Right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, a person doesn't love something that goes 100 miles per hour, crashes and starts on fire. Right. I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> so. I'm sold. Crashes and fire. Let's go. 120 miles an hour. Guys coming in from all over the world. It sounds like an incredible event. And as you said, the price is right. Tickets are only $10. Children under five are free. It is this weekend, the 29th and 30th at the Pettit National Ice Center. Go to WisconsinDroneRacing.com to get your tickets. Go out, support support something new and exciting here in Milwaukee. New being it's only the second year. Next year, it's going to be even bigger. Monica, thanks so much for joining me. Good luck with the event. Uh, hey, thanks so much for inviting me to talk. I really enjoyed myself. You're awesome. Thanks so well, much. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. That's <laughs> Monica Van Eyck, and she's with Milwaukee Montessori School. They started a program, and it turned into this. So, Tommy, I was sold. Once I heard 120 miles an hour and things burst into flames, let's do it. Yeah, I'm for it. Because up until then, I had – I. The only thing I knew about drones is, you know, you have some goofballs flying by the airport messing things up. Um, and, I, you know, I know about military drones and stuff. But you said, have you watched a video? And I know I went and I watched a video. It's crazy. It's intense. Yeah, it yeah. is intense. <laughs> these guys, these little drones are just zipping along. And they, crazy movements. And I love all the teams are dressed like they're NASCAR teams. Yes. You know? They're all supporting their pilot. They've got all this stuff going on, and they've they've got the shirts, the jumpsuits, the whole nine. So it should be fun, and it's not not going to be a great weekend outside. So you know, if your kids are into drones, uh, boys, girls, it doesn't matter. This is the way. Uh, this is the way for them to see some stuff. WisconsinDroneRacing.com. We've got more to talk about. Sure, we do. It's WTMJ Nights. <laughs> Again, if you want to see some fast drones, and who doesn't, go to WisconsinDroneRacing.com. Uh, thanks again to Monica for jumping on with us and telling us what's going on. Uh, yeah, should be should be exciting. <sighs> Boy, that promo that promo makes it sound so easy, doesn't it? We just have to go home and win a game. Then I guess, yeah, that's all the Bucks have to do. I'm always. Uh, you know, being in school, I come across children with a lot of unique names. And back in the day, our parents and your parents, 
the names were pretty basic. You know, every once in a while you would get a unique family name. Somebody would come up with an Aloysius or something. Um, nothing wrong with it. Just, uh, just unique. Well, a list came out for Wisconsin, and the these are the names that are projected to be the most popular baby names in Wisconsin this year. Uh, we've got the boys and the girls. Let's start ladies first. Tommy, I'm going to give you a guess for the number one projected girl name in Wisconsin for this year. Ooh, okay. Uh, I went to school with a lot of Emily's and Ashley's. I'll go with that. Those are old names. Tommy. Oh, sorry. Those are Jeez. 90s baby names. Really? Come okay. on. Uh, all right. Uh, Maya. Maya. Oh, that's that sounds better. Uh, Maya, not on the list. Jeez. Okay. Not what What's on number list. one? Well, I'll, I'll start from number 10. We like to count them backwards. Okay. Number 10 is Harper. I don't know anybody named Harper. Oh, okay. Nine is Sophia. Yeah. No, a lot of Sophias. Ava. All right. <laughs> Jeff says Agatha. No, Jeff, Agatha, not on the list. Nora is at number seven. Really? All right. Yeah. Eleanor is at six. It seems like we're taking a turn back to more old I was uh, just going to say, names. yeah, it's like coming back a little bit then, huh? Yeah. Emma. It's been popular for a long time. Said Emily counts. Yeah. Evelyn. Amelia is number three. Olivia is number two. And the number one projected girl's names in the state of Wisconsin is Charlotte. For the boys, number okay. 10, Leo, Hudson, William, Noah, Jack, Levi, Liam, Henry, Theodore, and at number one, Oliver. All right, yeah. I only know one Oliver. It's my buddy's son. And if my daughter had been a boy, she would have been called Jack. Okay. She's not. She wasn't, and she's not. All right, listen, we got to do this. There's a lot to get to, and we only have about a half hour left. Drive through window after the news, which comes your way after this on WTMJ Night. Peanut butter, puppy chow, blizzard. I got to ask, did you use the sauce? Uh, so I'm not a sauce person. Oh my gosh. Oh. I just didn't get it. It just seemed very run of the mill. I haven't had one of these. Have you guys tried the new blackened chicken sandwich at Popeye's? KFC in the news because they are adding chicken nuggets. 21 pounds of Qdoba burrito he ate in 10 minutes. I will call it nothing but Dunkin'. We eat fast food quite a lot. We talk about it even more. Let's visit the WTMJ Nights. Drive-Thru Window with Brian Nunes. And as always, Tommy is here. It is WTMJ Nights, the Drive-Thru Window. If you have had a drive-thru fast food experience that you really must share with us, by all means do 855-616-1620. That is the old National Bank talk and text line. We do this once a week. We uh, open up the drive-thru window. We chit-chat about some new developments in the food world. Uh, Tommy, have you, did you do anything fast foodie this week since we talked last? Uh, I have not done anything too crazy. Did have a butter pecan coffee at Dunkin'. Ooh. I think that, that was nice. that was that was Dunkin pretty donuts, good. You mean? Uh, yes, you, you. I thought I have it in the intro. You call it <laughs> nothing know. but Duncan now. <laughs> I, all right. I know. Yes, that's why I said it. I, uh, I I'm actually I'm a sucker for the flavor of butter pecan. So I wanted to try it. It was good. A little sweet. I don't really like my coffee sweet. So okay, w probably won't I, do it again. But it wasn't because it tasted bad. I got to tell you, I only I love butter pecan as well. Um, and the only per other person now you you. Me, 
my dad used to love butter pecan ice cream. That's, I guess, where I developed the taste for it, because sometimes he would buy it thinking that none of us would want to eat it. He was wrong. Yeah, I mean, uh, go-to ice cream. I, I love butter pecan ice cream. And butter pecan is excellent. Every, everything no else with it, it, so good. Um, I would I would put it in my, eh, it's definitely top ten. It might be top five. Yeah, for sure in my top my five. Creams. For sure in my top yeah. five. Very tasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I jumped out of my comfort, not comfort zone, but something out of the norm. The other day I was out at my mom's, and we decided we would get five guys. I uh, haven't had five guys in a while. Still holds up. Ooh, the, um, it holds the your wallet was, down, though. Well, that was that was my point. It was a little much. And th- the fries were subpar for five guys. Oh. They were a little undercooked. Um, I do love the seasoning on the five guys fries. Yes. They were a little undercooked, and I was shocked by the bill. It what, was, can I guess it? Sure. I'll, let me tell you what I, I got. Can, okay, yeah, go ahead. Because <laughs> it was... A single cheeseburger, so okay. the the little guy, a regular hamburger, no no additions onto the burger that would cost more. No bacon, no egg, no none of that. Okay. So a double, a single, and a large fry. I mean, that sounds like it's forty dollars all day. It was like thirty three bucks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and I was uh, I was a tad shocked. The sticker price threw me a little bit, and then I was disappointed. This is this is what a uh, you know, I still got I still got that little fat boy inside me because back in back a few years ago, the thing about Five Guys was one, the fries were really hot and crispy, and they would just fill them like they'd fill your bag, the the order bag, with yep. it, but then they'd just pour fries on top of everything else. Correct. So you could eat fries the whole way home. Nobody would know it because there'd still be a ton of fries when you got home. Yes. They don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was like, boy, I, I think the fry I think the fries themselves were almost like six, seven bucks. I, I just had it recently too, not within the week, but maybe a couple months ago, one or two months ago, and I have very similar order to you. We got two regular cheeseburgers, two regular fries. We did add on two drinks, and it okay. was near fifty dollars. That's insane for yes. a hamburger lunch. It's crazy. It was it was probably forty five dollars for all of that. What I just said, literally one of everything. That's it. Uh, it's happening everywhere, and I know we sound we sound like we don't live in the real world when we go. Can you believe how much things cost? And people are like, yes, I understand. I pay the same price as you do. It's just there's still things that shock me. Still things that I don't think should cost that much. But then you know, then you hear, oh, the inflation, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay. Well, that's uh, well, and you get the shrinkflation out of it too. You're getting less fries. Yes, yes, less fries. The, listen, I know how much potatoes are. I buy them all the time. You know, two, two or three potatoes worth shouldn't be seven dollars. I'm sorry. Um, so Jeff giving a giving a shout out to Culver's. Had good service at Culver's. They put my double chocolate eclair custard in a dish in a paper bag to help protect my vehicle upholstery and accommodate my tipping anxiety. They also put my cod dinner in a sturdy bag for the same reason. There you go. That's what we like to Shout hear. out Culver's. Yeah. Shout I've heard very good things about their fish fries. So Their fish fry is phenomenal. Yeah. I've heard good things. Yeah. It's a nice... Uh, usually, I get the three, the three-piece. That's the biggest one. But then my wife gets a three-piece because she only eats two pieces. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, found a keeper. Daddy gets some, get some extra cod. You know what I'm yes. saying? Yes, 
That's not a euphemism. It's actually, actually food that I get. Um, then this was my mom. They built a big fancy Krispy Kreme about three blocks from my mom's. Actually, between my mom's and my mom lives like just off Fast Food Alley. There's a major street and they have everything. The other morning, I had stayed over at her house to help her after surgery. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go get... I'm going to go to Panera. I'm going to get a bagel sandwich for, okay. my, for breakfast. I'm driving down. All of a sudden, the hot donut now light goes on at Krispy Kreme. Oh, now, I haven't had a Krispy Kreme in quite some time. <laughs> yes. And I thought, well, my mom's not, you know, it'd be nice. You know, it's after surgery. I'll do it for my mom. Wink, wink. No, And the other thing was there was nobody in the drive-thru. Yeah, you got so to take, take advantage. It, Exactly. I would have been an imbecile had I not taken advantage. Tommy, a hot Krispy Kreme as as close to heaven as deep fried dough can get. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that one. When you're when you're driving past and the light actually turns on, yeah, you gotta you gotta go after it. it even worth the wait a little bit. Right. Yeah. The, what it's there and they they know it, so they're ready with the hot dozens. Just handing them out. Boom, boom, boom. Here's your hot dozen. Uh, so yes. Oh, delicious. Anyway, so we've got some news. Uh, Doritos and Papa John's are teaming up. I like Doritos. I don't... Uh, Tommy, you're going to know the minute the minute I read this, you're going to know how I feel about this product. Uh, Papa John's Doritos getting together. They're going to introduce the Doritos Cool Ranch Papadilla. Nice. Yeah, it's a limited edition uh, version of the flatbread sandwich. I've never had one of those. I haven't had Papa John's in forever. Uh, but yes, they've been reimagining this... And so they're adding a special, the specialty Dorito Cool Ranch seasoning to the Papadillo, and uh, or Papadilla rather, and that'll be on. They started offering these sandwiches in 2020, inspired by the Italian flatbread sandwiches, the Piadina. If they had told me it was the zesty nacho cheese Papadilla, I'm in. Cool Ranch, I'm out. Really? Oh, haven't I told you how much I hate ranch? No, I think, oh, well, ranch, yes. I didn't know that that applied to Cool Ranch Doritos. Anything that says ranch. That's why I barely watch a Western about cattle drives. Because they always start on a ranch. I'm out. <laughs> That's not true. I watch Yellowstone like everybody else in America. Uh, all right. One last, one quick um, drive through window story. Fewer people at McDonald's are ordering French fries with their burgers. Not because the French fries are bad, but it goes back to what we were talking about before. Inflation and shrinkflation. Um, people are just not adding the fries, even though McDonald's is doing better because of their low price menu. People are really scrimping, so they are not adding fries to the menu. I don't know how you can go to McDonald's and not have the. I would I would forego a burger just to, and just get the fries. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, just give me fries, and then you know what? Keep a bottle of water in your car. You cut down on the Coke. Uh, or the Sprite, whatever it is that you're drinking, then you could just then maybe you get a single. You know what I found a couple times? They have those like three dollar combos. It's like a uh, there's one that has crispy jalapenos on it, and so it's like a double cheese with crispy jalapenos and a small fry, and it's like three bucks. Oh, okay. And that's just, for a good quick, you know, if you're hungry and you just need a quick lunch, it's like three after tax, maybe three fifty, whatever, and. You know, I usually have a bottle of water in the car. That's good. Boom, you're out. Or maybe you, maybe you splurge. Get yourself a Coke. 
I miss the all-day breakfast. Spring it back. All right. Listen, they're they're having trouble selling fries. I don't think they're going to bring back. <laughs> I know, I know. Bring back biscuits at eleven thirty. All right, we got to do this. Uh, and then there's a little bit more before we get out of here to make way for Buck Shoot Around with Greg Magic. That coming your way after the seven thirty news right here on WTMJ. Forget about Game Six. We got to win Game Five. Bucks Heat tonight. Coverage starts at eight o'clock. But before that, at seven thirty, it's Buck Shoot Around with Greg Matzik. We'll see if Greg's uh, panic is up now. He's his job is to be a cool, analytical sports observer. So I don't know if he's going to panic like we are, Tommy. But I think did you? He's got to have a little panic. I don't know how much you've engaged with our content and our sports content team. He uh, he walked back his take a little bit on the what, then when he came on here when he was talking to us about the comparison of losing Giannis and Jimmy Butler on his yes uh, extra points the next day. Really? He he did walk it back just a little bit. He he understood that the context was not what he thought it was at first. I don't think he was walking back his take of Giannis is way better than Tyler Hero, but right. he was saying along yeah, the I lines did. of, oh, okay, what he was meaning is important for the team. That's what that's because when I said that, that I agreed with Stephen A. Smith's take, Greg was that's the stupidest take I've ever heard. And I and and then he explained why he thought it, and I was like, I don't know if, if, you know, some people. It took a while to 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 analyze it, just to take a minute and go, all right, he wasn't dissing Giannis or putting them in the same category. He was saying for that particular team, but now it doesn't. Seem, yeah, now it might have been correct either like, way. It doesn't really matter you know, what Reggie Miller said. You got was Jimmy saying. Butler on there. Yeah. he's handling business. You don't have to worry about what's going on with anybody else. So we will see. Um, Tommy, you live at home, so I'm guessing this is not a problem with your landlord, a.k.a. your mom. But uh, You don't have my landlord. Oh, that's true. Well, let me see. May, all right. I take that back. I'll let you comment and see if this uh, happens and you have this problem with your landlord. Uh, a company in Frankfurt, Germany, must pay its full rent and get a show from the building's landlord. A German court ruled that the company could not lower or withhold its rent payments, even though the landlord uses the building courtyard to sunbathe in the nude. Okay, yeah, I'd rather have my landlord. Yeah, I yeah, stand by right. my statement mm-hmm. that your landlord is nothing like this landlord. No, not not quite. The landlord sued the company for not paying its rent, and the court ruled that the usability of the rented property was not impaired by the plaintiff sunning himself naked in the courtyard. I uh, tend to disagree. I don't think I don't think you can really. I mean, you do concentrate on business. Well, I mean, he obviously it's uncomfortable, but in over there, it's definitely more acceptable. And if he owns the property, like I would just not live there, right? Well, it's a company, so let's say he he owns say, just a strip mall, you know, like here. Imagine you're the landlord of a strip mall, and I'm renting uh, one of the office spaces. I got my Subway sandwich shop in there, or pick a business, whatever it is, your nail oh, salon. Okay, all right. It's not the house. Right, it's not a house. Plus, if your landlord owns the house and you're renting it, do you want him coming over and sitting in your yard naked? No, but if he owns the house, it's kind of legally hard to say don't well, do that, you're right? Renting it, so you have occupancy. You can, yes, I would. It'd be like if the landlord, if you're living in an apartment building, and the landlord just came over and was sunning himself on your balcony. Yeah. Well, I own yes. the building. No. <laughs> yeah, but you don't own the. You don't 
I I pay rent on this. This is my private in, in residence. In Germany, it's much more uh, socially acceptable in the nude, I will say. They have a whole bunch of – it's called FKK. It, that's how you say it in German. <laughs> Easy. It's, Where's the FCC? <laughs> that's how it's said in German. And uh-huh. it's like basically – a big nude colony or whatever it is, and they they have the the beaches, and it's much more publicly acceptable not, to walk around naked there. I'm not arguing the nudity. I'm arguing the placement of the nudity. No, in a strip mall where there's businesses, I get that. That would drive away business probably, you know? especially depending well, on who's naked. So I, I yeah, get what that. If you're, what if you're renting out like a you know you're renting out an, uh, some office space and you've got a daycare center in there. Correct. Yes. You want a bad, guy just out there sunning his uh, sunning his brat? I, no. Jeez, schnitzel more than a brat. All probably. right, schnitzel. I, <laughs> I would. Ju- I'm just saying. I would see that would probably be hard to battle legally. Well, it definitely was because the German courts are like, no, the man can have his schwanz out. Okay, very nice. Uh, let's do this. Then we have to say goodbye. <laughs> it's WTMJ nights. <laughs> All right, somebody's saying no more schnitzel for us, Tommy. Somebody texted in. Listen, we're just arguing uh, the ability of landlords to be anywhere. I've never had, when I had apartments and stuff, I've never had a landlord just show up and plant themselves either, you know. I never walked in and had the landlord just sitting at the table going, oh, you know, I own the place, so I just wanted to check it out. Well, that would that would make me nuts. No, yeah, I I, I understand the stand. I I get where that would be a problem. I'm just saying in the courts is where I understand yes, in the where it'd be hard the, to they fight. They were like, no, he's outside. He's not bothering you, even though he's naked. And again, the naked part doesn't bother me. I just like it's weird because I say the naked part doesn't bother me, but I want my privacy. I want my privacy from, you know. My landlord overlords. I want them. I want them away. Don't come if you want. Listen, you want a naked sunbathe? You naked sunbathe wherever you want to be. That's fine. You do do it up, but just stay off my lawn. The ultimate old man say, "Stay off my lawn." Yeah, That's what go I need you Clint to do. Eastwood. Yeah, from uh, what was that? Gran Torino. Yep. Yeah, that I was- always call it El Camino, though. That was the Breaking Bad movie. Yep, different car. Different car. I had a Gran Torino once. I had a Gran Torino Sport with a hood scoop. Ooh. Yeah, it was red. It looked like the Starsky and Hutch car. There's an old reference. Yep. No, I know Starsky and Hutch. I do. The cops. Yep. It didn't have the white stripe down the side, and mine had the hood scoop. Theirs did not. But it was, uh, you know, it it wasn't a muscle car, but it kind of looked like a muscle car. My uncle was getting rid of it, and I was at that uh, in high school at that driving age, and he gave it to me, and it had a white leather interior, and oh man. The lady, the ladies love the car. Didn't oh. love the driver, but man, oh man, they dug that they car. Love the car. Love the car. Sometimes that's all that matters. All right, listen, we got to get out of here. News is coming up in a minute. Then it is Bucks shoot around. Greg Matzik is going to come in. He's going to try to quell all our fears as we get ready for Bucks Heat Game Five. All that action comes your way at eight o'clock. Thanks for listening and being part of the program, Tommy. Thank you as always. We'll talk to you again next week. On WTMJ at 7.30, let's go to the WTMJ 24-Hour News Center. Wyatt Barmore-Pooley, standing by.